ना कुछ नहीं सब गरम ही गरम है अंगार है टू बाई फोर दो से चार What's up, everybody? Welcome to the fourth episode of the Early Twenties podcast. This is Shubhankar, your host for this episode, and with me I have my co-hosts Prabhjot Sodi and Yanindra Mishra. And more exciting, we have <laughs> this. We have, we have the first guest episode on our podcast, Aditya Vijay Kumar. What's up, Aditya? Yo, Kaise? bro. I'm fine, man. It was a bit of work this week. It was very busy, but yeah, here I am. Awesome. So Aditya is uh, our batchmate from Pilani, and he's pursuing his PhD right now in Bangalore, and he's one of the more intellectual friends that we have. So, <laughs> so हम लोग इस एपिसोड में we're going to talk about the decision making process and the kind of mental models that we have, especially for uh, college kids. Uh, people navigating their late teens and just entering early 20s the workforce yeah just entering into their early 20s so what the format for this episode is going to be is we're going to ask aditya about his college life uh, what he learned how he took the decisions that he took and and we're going to like try and understand the tactics and overall mental models that others can apply into their lives and yeah gyani and sodi will also uh, question add in and so yeah let's get into the, into the podcast aditya uh, can you like describe uh, the the mental state that you were in before getting into college so how old were you when you were when you finish your 12 yeah i was uh, 17 going on 18 mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah and you chose physics as your uh, yeah first. so uh, yes that's right so i mean uh, when when you get into college hmm. uh, you get your score in our case it was bitsat the exam and uh, we got a score so uh, we have to fill in pep preferences and the preferences range from uh, all the engineering branches to all the science branches and uh, obviously i was a dual degree student and like you guys um, so i had uh, i had an option to do a science degree and also do an engineering degree with it but i won't get into the technicalities of it but uh, uh, basic point being i i chose all my preferences all my preferences top preferences were msc physics so mm. yeah so yeah uh, i will, i think i wanted to do physics right from my uh, i think 11th and 12th standard Well, but i would say that the it, the 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 fact that i i was 100% sure that i wanted to do physics that realization came in much later so yes i mean I, you could say that i was exploring trotting around uh, in the first two years of so at least and <sighs> after that i sort of realized that no i think i want to do physics as a career mm-hmm. yeah <clears throat> what about uh, you gyani like were you hellbent that you wanted to do computer science and uh, and same sorry what were your thoughts when you just entered uh, into college so i filled like uh, i i i was also in bits plani so i had the same options mm. i put computer science plani computer science goa computer science hyderabad and math math plani math goa math hyderabad but i was pretty sure that i should get computer science 
and i think i was a bit cocky that i'll get uh, pilani computer science but i ended up getting goa at first and then my parents were like you're not going to goa you will instead go to dt or something and do software engineering there instead of pilani but then in the second iteration i got pilani so things worked out I think it was pretty similar for me. So uh, I had a bit of like C, C++ experience from uh, from my last two years, like from 11th and 12th. So I had some idea that that's something that I find interesting. Uh, but uh, I think just like Vijay Kumar, it wasn't, wasn't like a 100% thing. It was more like an inclination. And definitely it helped that like the industry was booming. Like the computer science industry yeah. itself was a booming a lot so it was it is and even now it is like a hot career path so yeah. i mean most people around you would recommend it in general and uh, added to that the fact that i was interested in it my i don't remember my first choices but i think my first and second were milani and goa computer science i i also had i think i think uh, i think electrical from iit bhu but then i finally chose to just go ahead with the computer science option yeah. um So I saw this movie as a kid when I was in Asia called Pirates of Silicon Valley and then I decided that this oh, industry nice. seems nice you can just make anything and sell it to anyone across the internet so I I think that's when I decided that I need to do software engineering um or it or computer science but like computer science was the closest that I could do correct so what what I'm wanting to get with these questions is how do you make decisions with the amount of data that you have and for all of us we had certain data points like the movie that you saw or the c++ course that so did it or other uh, i'm uh, curious to know what pointed you towards physics because physics is something i also liked uh, during 11th and 12th but mm-hmm. what my peers told me was it's tough to make a career in physics uh, so what was the clinching factor in your decision making process that okay so yeah so i think um, so uh, like so i was in a state board school i don't know how many of your listeners would know what a state board school is but i guess at least most indians would know what a state board school is and we didn't have proper demarcations between physics chemistry and maths and bio- oh okay physics chemistry and biology till 10th mm-hmm. so we had just uh, we had the sciences as a subject and the, it was divided into two parts which is science 1 and science 2 and both had a mixture of all physics chemistry and biology so we didn't have a clear demarcation as to what is physics what is chemistry what is biology uh, i always used to like physics in school as well like the idea of physics i started by okay i think um, oddly enough the first book that so i i i read a lot i used to read a lot uh, when i was a kid uh, rather than watching movies so i used to read a lot actually i mean i i would read a book every day at least wow. in the sense no i don't mean that uh, i used to complete a book in a day i would read every day is what i'm saying mm. uh, so uh, oddly enough the first book that attracted me towards physics was not a physics book or not even a popular science book it was this very famous book called angels and demons mm. uh, and that had like these uh, these about things in cern and the lhc and uh, uh, how fundamental particles i mean it it describes sort of the history of i mean as as dan brown as i mean you might know that dan yeah. brown goes into history of things and tries to describe 
how everything came about uh, uh, to the current day, the historical development of whatever thing, whatever subject he's tackling. So I think that is what really got me attracted towards physics, not interested, but attracted. And then uh, I had this uh, teacher who used to suggest us to read, just randomly read Stephen Hawking books, these theory of everything, a brief history of time. So yeah, I used to go and read them, though I, I now realize that that time I didn't understand any of them. <laughs> but I, that's just maturity, I guess, that comes with learning the subject. Uh, so yeah, that's how I got interested, I would say, before my 11th and 12th. And in 11th and 12th, I realized that I did have a knack of solving those problems and thinking in a very physical sense. Um, which I think, I mean, you guys also, as you said, you also used to like physics a lot. But uh, for me, I thought, uh, okay, there was one more thing that happened in my 11th standard where we, uh, a few selected students from Pune, around 40 of us, I think, were for a four-day camp uh, in Pune itself where a lot of Nobel laureates were coming. I mean, some four Nobel laureates and a lot of other very famous scientists. And we were just put in an auditorium with them and it was a very interactive kind of uh, environment, you know. At, uh, I, I found that very attractive at that point of time. And, uh, and this camp was precisely for that, to introduce people to how attractive research is, or it's, uh, in the fact also that uh, research is an attractive career option. Um, so, so I think, yeah, the camp served, served its purpose and again, here I am. Yeah. So, so, uh, so you chose physics and it's the 1st of August, 2013 hmm. and it's your first day at college mm -hmm. or maybe it's the 30th of July and mm -hmm. you're entering college. So mm -hmm. what's your state of mind at that point of time that five year were you thinking in five year terms or in were you five year terms or did you have a vision of where you wanted to be? Or was it like, I just want to enjoy my first year right now? No. And see was, where life takes me. Uh, I think I think I had um, I, I, I had that one year. Uh, I, I, I think I had both. I wanted to enjoy my... So I was a very introverted kid. I, mm -hmm. I would like to think. Because I was I never... I mean, I would never go and talk myself to people. Mm -hmm. And I'm not at all like that now. Uh, so... so I would think I wanted to, yes, I wanted to enjoy my first year, but I also sort of had a rough goal in mind um, as to where I wanted to be after five years. But but uh, that goal, I mean, that's not where I am uh, after five years. It's changed drastically, but yeah. But mm. I'm roughly where I hoped I would be. Jani, mm. what about you? Um. I, I don't know. I think that was the day when you got your pictures clicked in Pilani and then your parents leave the next day. Yeah. Right? Um, yeah. I'm not sure. I think I wanted to meet people, meet people that I could know for life. And uh, I, I don't know. Uh, I wanted to build things. Uh, I wanted to start a startup in Pilani. That did not work out. Yep. Um, By the way, I didn't know what a startup was when I entered Pilani. <laughs> mm. I had to uh, learn things on my own. I, wasn't very, I think I stopped going to lectures after the first month. I wanted to do things on my own, meet people and do things with them. That's... 
sorry me i think quite different i guess uh my first day i particularly remember enjoying uh the shikanji at gandhi reddy i i also think i meet i met you yeah uh, on maybe on the 31st precisely the 34th 30th yeah okay i don't know but we met in front of krishna gandhi mess mm. yeah i think you were with your parents and i was with uh, with my father yeah anyway so i think i don't know my mental state was i was excited uh, for college i was excited to stay alone and explore on i don't think i had any sort of five year vision i don't i think i've started thinking about those things much later in life maybe i had a maybe i had a vague idea difficult to recollect but i don't i don't recollect any exact vision that i had yeah you know i i also had a lot of uncertainty which i got a rush from very frankly because uh, unlike a lot of people i think even sodi was one of them i had not researched anything about the campus i knew nothing about it like nothing about what's going to be in the hostels nothing about uh, the whole club department whatever the extracurricular activities the i don't know anything about it so i was yeah, also yeah. sort of had a rush about the uh, whole uh, uncertainty of things yeah and and i enjoyed it like the first month was really memorable hmm. yeah yeah where i'm trying to get with this is how do people navigate uh, times of change so mm-hmm. do people have a clear goal that they want to get out of this college with this uh, or people follow serendipitous paths and take wherever life takes them so i think i'm in the second part because i like i used to be like that earlier on i used to do whatever my friends are doing or i didn't have any particular goal in mind mm-hmm. uh okay so so let's say now you're in the second year of college uh you've completed your second year you've made a lot of friends you've organized quite a few activities let's say you've learned quite a lot you have an idea of where you're going career wise you might have done an internship after your second year or did you i did yeah i did yes so during that two year period what what do you think is the stand out takeaway that you'd say that if your father might have asked what have you learned in the last two years what would you have said what would i have said so first of all my father didn't ask me that not that yeah. not anyone at home because i think this like uh, not in a funny way uh, because i think they saw it because mm. after even the first year i was a different person when i went home i think i mean it was also that i had lost 20 kilos that's another thing but uh, but i no. i was also yeah yeah nee sorry <laughs> so but yeah i was a very different person i my thought process was different the way i behaved with people was different the way i interacted as i told you i was sort of an introvert before coming to pilani and and after the first year i i think i started opening up uh the opening up was not complete in the sense that uh i i still had a lot of those introverty traits in me but i think i had i had changed quite a lot and uh, and yeah so uh, it never uh, so i think it was there for everyone to see it that 
how much had changed and uh, change in in like not only not only uh, so if you, if you talk of, uh, uh, after the end of two years i worked in this uh, so i had dropped my practice school which is this compulsory internship or mm. okay not compulsory which is this internship that the college provides at the end of uh, the first second year i dropped my practice school one as they call it and uh, i'd gone for an internship uh, in pune where i come from um, there's this institute called the national center for radio astrophysics which op- operates one of the largest telescopes in the world um and yeah i worked directly on that telescope so though my work was not path breaking or hardly anything actually uh but i i actually got a lot of rush from that internship in the sense that i i actually saw how research was done and at the end of that internship i think i was sort of sh- sure that i wanted to pursue this as a career Uh, physics as a career okay that was going to be my next question okay so, mm-hmm. what exactly about that internship prompted you was it like the friend circle you have was it your mentor over there uh what no i think i think it was i mean i think all of them played a part but the the biggest was the environment in the sense the whole see the environment of a research institute is very different i mean people are talking about this research on the dinner table on 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 like on the and while while trying to get coffee from your from a cafeteria or anything like that right and there are boards all around filled with equations and uh, people are discussing with serious discuss seriously discussing how to do some certain integral or something like that and uh, yeah i i like that environment a lot i mean i i find a lot of romance in people talking about uh, two people talking and discussing very seriously about their subject and uh, yes that 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 just i fell in love with the environment itself and so uh, basically what i what i did in my after my second year was astronomy in the sense so okay should i get into jargon now probably i should not uh, <laughs> no prob- okay so basically the, uh, you you can you can call yourself a physicist an astronomer or an astrophysicist now mm-hmm. there is there are a lot of differences between these things and you can say that astronomers what they do is they just look outside into the sky and uh, with different telescopes and just see what's there they don't make any physical they don't say ki because this happened then by the by physics this should be the conclusion and things like that they don't make conclusions uh, and they don't make physical theories out of it but they just observe and there's a lot of value of to that and uh, that's what i did in the end of my second year and that but that is not what i'm doing right now mm. so in that sense my career has changed mm. but so that is why i say but but the environment of a research institute sort of stays constant everywhere and that precisely i think is what attracted me towards <clears throat> going ahead and not uh doing any other internships so i have never worked in a corporate environment ever interesting so yeah Okay, with my next question, I want to get Gyani and Sodi both into this. It's it's so getting a getting into a PhD after your bachelor's is an unconventional path. Uh, the decision making process behind taking that leap, and I want to talk about taking the leap for any unconventional path. Uh, what kind of is there an if else statement in your mind that you go through, or 
is it i'll do it and course correct later if something goes wrong what was the state of mind in that point should i answer first yeah 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 so uh, so you know you sent me a similar question uh, mm. right for the podcast and i i actually thought a lot about it mm. and then i realized that there is no i i am a person who has always followed my instinct i think for any decision like yeah. this so so i don't think i have any uh, you know sort of uh, laid out path Give like check check boxes to tick mm. where when uh, may, maybe maybe i do it very intuitively but i i don't like you know rationally i don't think it's a very rational decision making for me it just i mean i do what i think is right at that point of time and i i generally don't delay decisions a lot mm. um i i try to get done with the decision as soon as possible because i'm also i used to be at least a person who used to overthink a lot um so i i never used to delay decisions hence for very long so i always used to uh, follow whatever my intuition used to tell me nice can you what about you because you've also changed a couple of jobs and taken some serious life decisions over the last couple of years so have i <laughs> I so let's just take us through uh, what's happening what's been happening in your life and uh okay so uh from when from when I joined planning uh let's say after you've exited planning uh okay so uh I wanted to see how startup feels like so I did an internship with this company called Gojek in Bangalore hmm. Gojek is Indonesia's unicorn Indonesia's first unicorn in the are basically the swiggy food panda and whatever else you have of indonesia and now they are in indonesia singapore vietnam and thailand yeah and then um i had a job lined up in london with bloomberg which i was pretty excited about because i wanted to live in london made a lot of good friends there uh work was work was fun people were nice but i think i was really attracted to the small company feel that i had at gojek and started to work at a very mission oriented place then i started searching for startups again and then i interviewed with this company called palantir and mm-hmm. palantir is like a very mission oriented company and yeah that worked out but yeah currently waiting for the visa so nice so, so that's what's going on yeah, so couple couple of follow up questions after that after gojek why did you go to london what was the motivation i i think it's called uh, tunnel vision when you like something so much that you don't think clearly i think the only reason i went to london was because uh, i wanted to see how living in london feels like i was very infatuated with the west mm-hmm. and i think it's always like a dream that you leave pilani and work abroad or something that's one of the things that's very much cherished so yeah that's why i went for it mm-hmm. and what was did you do do you do like a swot analysis while making a decision do you list down pros and cons or do you like aditya just take the leap what's your process um between uh, gojek and bloomberg uh, i i talked to a lot of people at gojek and they talked about a lot of valid things but i wasn't basically listening to them because i was very much infatuated with going to london so i don't think i did a lot of analysis in that in that, uh, in that decision but then what about the recent decision that you took to leave london 
uh yeah so uh when i have the uh bloomberg offer i also had an offer from this company called carousel mm. um and like carousel was 30 employees when i had the offer and they raised 35 million dollars and then when i checked their value uh, their the amount of money that they raised 3 months later after i said no to them it was 135 million dollars so it seems that startups move very quickly and um yeah so i so when i decided to go from uh, uh, bloomberg to palantir i was basically uh, at, uh working at a place where people are very mission driven and it seemed like if i go want to go back to london i can always do that later in my life like i can if i want citizenship i can go there at the age of 30 like i can try and make changes in my life now and i can course correct later basically yeah this time i did some analysis i didn't hmm. it was an easy decision and what i can get from your uh, these two decisions is like you go after certain emotions uh, the first one was maybe getting out of india and the second one was working at a mission driven company and both are emotions and you just follow them right i think so yes i was reading this book uh, by chris was called uh, uh now split the difference so he argues how human beings are very very irrational and very emotional animals and you can't have a very mathematical negotiation it's very difficult because all most all our decisions are very emotion driven and very few people make very mathematical decisions so yeah i think yes uh um there's always like a broader mission in mind and then i try to make a decision towards that and at the moment it was finding better and more uh work that i could align myself to with more that, that basically yeah mm. uh, prabjot what about you uh, after listening to these two guys uh, is there anything that comes out uh... no, i think for me it's it's very different i think mm. because i i found my instinct to betray me a lot so i typically would not rely a lot on my instinct i'd uh, i'd have very laid out pros cons lists and i don't i don't do like the swot analysis that you mentioned uh at least now but i think i've done it in the past for some decisions but in general i think um i'd i tend to think a lot at least on like the major decisions uh i almost like uh, reaching a boundary of uh like analysis paralysis but uh, i'm trying to curtail that obviously but in general i'd have like in general have like a laid out list of like for example my current recently uh joined bloomberg 3 months back and uh i also had another offer from a, a startup in berlin so uh, it was a tricky one for me because as gani even i wanted to work for a startup and bloomberg as if people might not know it's it's a decently uh, big company so all in all 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 factors combined i ultimately chose bloomberg obviously but i think it was a it was a difficult decision for me to make and even though i think emotionally maybe i maybe i would have inclined towards the startup but i think all points taken i felt that bloomberg was a better choice for me that's interesting because for me as well emotions are highly indicative of what decision i'm going to take how do you distance yourself from the emotion uh, i don't know if i do a good job honestly but i think it helps me if i'm uh, if i make a note of what does that mean uh, 
like having you can do that by uh, having some sort of a pros cons list you can do that by speaking to people and what do those people think about it who who do not have like the emotional factor in place for example i i think i remember uh, speaking to you gani about it I'm not sure if i spoke to you kumar maybe i did uh, but you know, like like you mentioned like the first principles thingy when we were talking about this and how maybe we can discuss that as well um how to sort of and then i write up more on the first principle uh first principles thinking and i was trying to uh, come up with a decision with that in place um so i think that helped a bit as well but majorly for me the thing that works for me is sort of listing it out and talking to someone who's not uh who who does not have the same emotions essentially so for me uh because i'm not worked at a startup and uh, in general i think in, if if i have to have like a general one liner statements for startups i'd say they are cool so that is definitely there in my head so uh i spoke to people who have more experience in the industry who who might not have the same idea about startups and big companies who might have a different idea about life uh the problem there is that uh they think about from their perspective obviously which means is that which means that they think about things with what they want in life i think i think my i think my parents help out uh, a lot there because i've realized that even though i might know about my industry and my generation and blah 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 uh some things just remain true irrespective so a lot of things that my parents tell me i mean i realize after 3 months but i realize eventually and and with that i've started to sort of have like a i mean from from being a teenager you start having this rebellious attitude yeah at least i did yeah. and after that point i always used to i mean disregard or give less regard to because i'd feel that there's a generational gap and maybe they not know 100% one is involved but i think slowly as uh, i'm growing i'm sort of going back to um what like what what these people like what my parents used to tell me and so i've slowly started uh i think regarding what they say i like giving extra points to what they say by default and that seems to be working out for me i'm not saying it's a generic blanket statement that you should apply everywhere but i mean it's, it's a very situational thing but yeah i agree with prajot completely in the yeah. last part of what he said that's yeah. actually i mean i i go to my parents at the very last stage of my decision uh, if i'm you picking one but then that, for me that last stage comes pretty quickly so and yeah always helps i think i've i think 10 on 10 times i've i've uh, gone with the decision what my mom dad has suggested at the last moment well so getting back into the storyline now you are alte you're back into your fourth year and uh-huh. have you confirmed uh, what you're going to do after uh, the fourth year oh, at what point oh yes okay yeah uh, so yes i had uh, sort of at the end of the third year i was very very sure that i wanted to do physics mm-hmm. um that um a, a lot of things affected that decision um, primarily because the third year courses that i had uh, the first sem courses in the third year were mm-hmm. were very very good and i enjoyed all of them <laughs> they also turned out to be one the there were three courses there were three physics courses and they are also very foundational courses in the sense 
if you don't know them you can't do any physics one of them was quantum mechanics so yes and one of them was uh, and there was another course called computational physics which also i enjoyed a lot so so yes uh, in in the third year in the in my i, I think after my first sem i was pretty sure that i wanted to do physics okay um, so after that uh, you might have started applying to universities uh, what um, was that process like okay so so let's let's uh backtrack a bit i mean so there's there's one more reason why i why i was really damn sure that i wanted to do physics because in in my third year i was so third year was very very busy for me uh i had eight every semester plus i was uh, leading the guest lectures team in the college so i had a lot of work with that so i was really really busy and one would expect that when when you are really busy in your co-curricular extracurricular activities that your grades will go down and the total opposite happened to me so so and then that's when i realized that i might even be good at it uh so there were cons- confirmations from both sides that i really enjoyed it and also that i was occasionally good at it now that you've uh, discovered like yourself aware that you're occasionally good hmm. and now you want to start emailing uh, for your applications Uh, you mean you mean phd applications or thesis applications because there were both how did you go around it like what was the process uh the thesis applications right mm-hmm. yeah so uh, it's not it's not all that complicated actually i mean you, you so obviously you it's uh, it's advisable that you start doing research in college itself with someone and that you uh, start doing research sort of oriented research like for example if you at that time i wanted to do uh, quantum gravity which is uh, which is basically trying to put the laws of quantum mechanics and gravity together and so for that you need a lot of theoretical background you need to know uh, general relativity obviously then there is this whole subject of particle physics which is motivated by quantum field theory which is a very very tough subject that's probably the toughest subject i've ever studied in my life and it still bothers me a lot um so you need a lot of background so basically it's 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 a very oriented thing so if you so so i think your goal in 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 your undergraduate should be try to get your hands on anything that you can get your hands on like try to study whatever you get try to work on whatever whatever is there in your home institute let's say and also if if there's nothing there in your home institute go beyond it go go and watch lectures maybe maybe try contact professors in other institutes uh, which was pretty when the uh, it was it was I had a smooth sailing in that sense because I got internships after each of my years uh starting from second year so I had a smooth sail so I could work with people from other institutes also as well as people from bits and and I think uh, very few few undergraduates actually do research in their undergrad and uh, I think that's important it's it I don't think it's ethical though in the sense like I don't know if it's completely ethical for grad schools to see how much research you've done in your undergrad to make a decision because uh, there are people who cannot do any research in their undergrads and hence they are at a for example from uh, let's say these local colleges right they might be as good as me but they didn't get the same opportunities for research that i did yeah and uh, that that uh, that's not and and them getting not them not getting accepted into a grad school and me getting accepted to a grad school uh might not be the fairest things around but either way if you can get your hands on research i think you should do it so that's one thing and once you have oriented yourself or you just randomly you know 
hit on subjects and try to learn and read them up uh you you sort of get a sense as to what fields interest you so so then you start mailing professors uh, i mean either um uh, mailing professors in india or abroad and asking them if they have uh, vacancies for a project position for 3 months 6 months a year whatever how how whatever the timeline suits you and uh, while writing these uh, applications it's always uh, good to have known of the professor's work in the past uh, in the sense let's say if you write that i have read your paper and that i have i understood this this and this from this and i sort of didn't understand why you did this and maybe i could work on this right mm-hmm. so basically express like you might be interested in his work you might be interested in working with him but he won't get to know that until you express it um yeah in 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 so many words and i you think so yeah. basically <laughs> in some sense i think the most important thing while applying to uh to to such thesis and even for grad school i think is obviously your research counts but i think that you you should always also be very good at expressing yourself uh basically you should know english well yeah, yeah. So, uh, i have a question here so mm-hmm. how is that uh, journey for you in a sense that you after your second year after uh, like in the start of your third year you were you were pretty certain that you wanted to do physics haan ji uh there was probably some gap and after that point you uh, also had an idea that you want to pursue physics but you also want to pursue this x field in physics so huh. did you do like projects uh, in university i know you did internships after every summer but did, yeah. was that also coupled with some projects uh, during university uh, you mean coupled as in related coupled on, uh, not related but like just to sort of understand and explore things to do Uh, yes like- i actually i did a lot in in college also um i so uh, we had to take five electives as part of a coursework right uh and uh, and and i did i took only two elective courses and the other three i filled in with projects so basically i did three project courses and also i did two informally two projects informally and all so- these are semester long projects essentially <sighs> yes and uh, obviously some of those were parallel also so like maybe two projects in the same semester or something like that so yeah that that was how so i i i did get in fact i i would say i i did in in theoretical physics i think i explored um, i at least touched upon almost every field mm. yeah 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 I, yeah that was that would be right i think what i'm getting here is you basically did the whole breadth first search for what mm-hmm. you could do at that correct time. yeah uh, right. search yeah i don't know if i should i should call it search because i was just i was just going ahead with whatever i could lay my hands on yep. be open to be lucky yeah uh, yeah if you want to put in so many words yeah that's right was, so in fact uh in fact i've i've still not made up my mind as to yes i mean i just want to concentrate on this field i'm very interested in a field which i want to pursue and i'm pretty certain i'm going to do my phd in it but i'm not so certain that i want to leave other fields aside you get what i'm saying mm-hmm. i don't know how how uh, practically possible that is because mm-hmm. 
research again i mean you have only 24 hours in a day and research is a taxing thing as has been proven to me time and again this week but yes uh, but yeah i i don't know i'm still undecided whether what all other fields that i should continue on mm. yeah uh, let's say uh, it's one month uh, you're one month away from leaving college it's your last one month on may of 2017 hmm that's right and what do you remember like uh, looking back at the four years that went by so uh, so th- so now now i can i can uh, sort of um, divide my college life into two broad sections one was my academic life right um uh, i i studied physics i i did projects etc etc all that was good now there was another section of my life which was my social life hmm. and and i think um that had pretty much gotten over in the sense like for me the last time on campus was my uh, fourth year first sem which is when you all all of you guys were on on campus so i think that was pretty much my last sem on campus socially in the sense that uh, yeah i mean all i wanted to do after that is to just leave the place mm-hmm. really um in the second sem i wouldn't i uh, the fourth year itself was not a very very pleasant year i would say um so yeah but then academically i think i learned a lot in the fourth year so if you if you compare myself on uh, 31st july 2013 and uh, i think it was 13th or 14th may 2017 yeah obviously there was a big big difference mm. i certainly wasn't the person i who came in i was more um more sensitive i would say um i was more knowledgeable about things i i think i was a better human being at the end and uh, yeah and i think i i also became emotionally very very strong at the end of that so yes college made me emotionally strong that but i want to take it to prabhjot uh, last december 11th 2016 what's your state of mind my state of mind is, is that i have a half marathon to run and and i think the second piece is full of like nostalgia from hmm uh again at this instance i don't think i thought a lot about what changed in one sense it was very apparent to me i did develop a lot in a lot of aspects uh during during college but i think most of it was nostalgia and uh, sort of the excitement for uh, my half marathon which is due in i guess 7 days or so i think i was uh, looking forward to my internship in singapore i was supposed to do a thesis uh starting january so yeah i was looking forward to some time off and then um and i think i was thinking that th- these three and a half years or whatever went by pr- pretty quickly and yeah hmm nice yeah i would also say that i was scared I was a bit scared because again there there was a lot of uncertainty and because there was a lot of decisions that i had to take in the coming year and uh, i didn't have any clue as to how it was going to pan out So yes I think it I was very scared also I mean 
Yeah, I I was scared. I was very scared. In fact, yeah. Being scared means you care, right? This is like yeah, obviously I care about my career. Yeah. It's it's a good sign that you're scared about what's going to happen and you're nervous. Uh, no, I I don't think so, man. I I think it's very negative. Um, I think also, uh, in fact, my fifth year was actually a really. 2018 was a really helpful year, I think, for me in the sense it taught me a lot. Though it was probably the most uh, emotionally up and down year that I have had, I think. And uh, even 2018 and some some part of 2017, I would say, uh, the second half. But it taught me a lot, and I think. Uh, Yeah, I I I I don't like uh, being scared anymore. Mm. I uh, and hence I try to minimize situations where I'd be scared. I I like I like being uh, expectant of something, in the sense, uh, like if if there's something really interesting gonna happen, I get I get a rush from that. But I don't like being scared of uncertainties anymore. Mm. It's not that I I've completely avoided them, still. But yeah, I've eliminated a lot of it. So yes. Do you do something in particular that helps you sort of either minimize that in your head, or is it only avoiding? Um. So okay, I don't know about. Uh, you mean you mean minimizing these uh, getting scared while instances? Yes. Oh, okay. So I think uh, yes. Uh, I I do a lot of things unknowingly, in the sense, like I don't I don't uh, I don't. do it to minimize this but it ends up like for example um i i realized that the reason why i was getting or not the reason part of the reason that i was not very uh, in in the best of my spirits in in the second half of 2017 and the first half of 2018 was that i had completely minimized things that i used to do uh, in college for example um go out and talk to a lot of people one second um i i i had stopped watching uh, movies tv series etc three i re- stopped reading books and i was just too too uh, what do you say indulged in my work at that point which and 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 i don't think that's the way to go at least for me that's not the uh, way to go about it so uh, for example nowadays i try to imbibe a, a proper two or three movies per week in my schedule I try to read almost every alternate day, and uh, obviously I keep in touch with a lot of people um, over WhatsApp. Or if they're in Bangalore, I make it a point to go and meet them if they are willing to meet me. And uh, yeah, so so I think uh, all these things help uh, help. Uh, I don't know if it helps take your mind off things, but it it, it definitely uh, makes you less scared about things. I mean, scared about uncertainties. It's generally the uncertainties are of. um it's it's it give induces a rush in you and that's good i think um yeah i think that's a also also i think right now i'm i'm at a very stable point in my life where not a lot of uncertainties can happen so yes maybe maybe 3 or 4 years down the line i would not be saying that but okay i i love this conversation and i'd okay. love to have this conversation again after one year because a lot of Like all of our lives are in a lot of flux right now. Yeah. So, no, no, my my life is not really in a lot of flux right now. It's your, okay. the three of you who are in a lot of flux, but yeah. But I think I really 
uh, out of the last point just to sort of conclude i think mm-hmm. vijaykumar's point of uh, that for him x y and z work really brings out like the value of self awareness and i yeah. think I, in the past year or maybe at least the past 6 months really started appreciating and trying to be as self aware as i can be yeah yeah and i i think it's it's not only enough being self aware but if let's say you are self aware and you find that you're going you're bad at some things and those things can improve i think self improvement is also very important thing like if you don't know how to solve an integral you should go and check it out and solve it by yourself and not depend i mean so that in future you cannot depend on anybody else to do it so with no real segue we're going to get into the rapid fire section that's <laughs> uh, it going to be rapid and full of fire oh man that's the statement i always wanted to make <laughs> after listening to karan johar for so much time and it's going to be a lot of masala as well yes thanks man thanks that's so, how i like it so, hot and spicy so, yeah. <laughs> gyanendra mishra <laughs> what's the song you're listening to on repeat right now ye kya masala hai be asli hip hop asli hip hop oh my wanna, god do you want to speak some lines bro <laughs> some lines decipher karo bhai decipher अंगार है अंगार है अंदा कुछ भी नहीं है सब गरम ही गरम है अंगार है या या प्रभजीत व्हाट द सॉन्ग यू आर लिसनिंग टू ऑन रिपीट इट्स ऑनेस्टली द सेम सॉन्ग असली वंटाई वंटाई इट्स ऑनेस्टली द सेम सॉन्ग बट इफ आई वांट अदर आंसर नहीं 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 देयर इज वन आंसर मैन दिस सो बेसिकली ऑन माय फोन दिस सॉन्ग इज ऑन रिपीट ऑन ऑन माय वर्क पीसी एसीडीसी रॉक एंड रोल एंड नॉइस पोल्यूशन इज द सॉन्ग व्हिच इज ऑन रिपीट ओह माय गॉड आदित्य व्हाट्स दिस सॉन्ग यू आर लिसनिंग टू ऑन रिपीट वाह फनली इनफ इट्स इट्स नॉट असली हिप हॉप बट इट्स काम पचिस बाय डिवाइन सो या इट्स आल्सो इंडियन हिप हॉप सॉन्ग सो या दैट्स ऑन रिपीट I actually have minimized uh, listening to music for some reason I don't know why I listen to a lot of podcasts mm. so uh, so yeah but but uh, it's generally AR Rahman any album of AR Rahman or or uh, Kampachis nowadays mm. yeah cool uh, so Shivankar you like uh, I know it's a rapid fire that you're conducting but still uh, mine is samajh mein aaya kya from anyway but die <laughs> <laughs> but dialogue okay <laughs> uh, cool but I represent Yeah. Anyways, next question, hmm. Aditya, what's Anji. one thing you wished you'd done at college that you didn't do? Oh, okay. I have a pretty direct answer to this. Mm-hmm. Uh, I wanted to uh, take my girlfriend up the clock tower, mm-hmm. which I guess you guys know about. But yeah, but yeah, I didn't have any girlfriend in college, so yeah, that's that. Mm. Prabhjot, mm. did you also want to do the same? Uh, no, I didn't have the same. But um, I, I think I, I wanted to. uh travel more during college i i didn't do i didn't, I, i don't think i travel at all yeah i i agree i that. i should have traveled more during college that's something i feel sometimes because i think we I, we had a lot of time at our disposal to do things uh, we did some things but then um, i don't know mm. instead of travel yani same question uh, dropped out dropped out wow that's a nice answer wow <laughs> okay एकदम 
so the next natural mm-hmm. question and this is where i'm looking for masala mm-hmm. uh prabjot <laughs> what's one thing uh, you wish you hadn't done at college oh uh, i don't know uh, way too many and trips but that's not masala mm. the probably the probably masala in the food and all <laughs> uh, wow. what about you that's, that's uh, why i said it's not nothing. masala Moving no there's nothing there's nothing i can't think of anything Uh, real, and and i've actually given thought to this question in the past and i don't think there's any answer like i don't think i sh- wish i had not done anything i have i don't think i have any regrets from college hmm yeah i mean there are a lot of things i wished i had done like i could i could mm-hmm. add to the last list but there's nothing in this list mm-hmm. i agree I mean, uh, even for me my answer is sort of driven more from i should have been more fitness focused and body focused and sort of person growth focused and not really a regret uh, if if you folk understand that so yeah i mean it's the other way i essentially you're not getting your masala mm-hmm. man jani i'm banking on you dude no regrets no regrets dude <laughs> okay bye cool uh-huh. what's the most interesting physics concept read or study oh okay um there are there are two actually but one is a one is the more famous concept in the sense which is this whole space time curvature thing that mm. you don't live i mean there is nothing called force per se i mean yeah there is there's, there's this curvature force. there's nothing called force per se i mean yes you can define a force but that's not the fundamental thing the fundamental thing is curvature in the universe and mm. yeah that's just a that's a just that's that's a that's a very fascinating thing i mean when this and especially when that comes comes through you know concrete mathematics that's just beautiful mm. and the second one would be something like uh, which is which is something called um renormalization i don't think i should get into too much detail about that but it's basically Uh, a way of handling infinities hmm. which is again really i mean we've always been taught in uh, you know everywhere that infinity is something that you should be scared of right i mean in the sense hmm. you you can't uh, like you can't do uh, like 1 by 0 is infinity and things like that right like indeterminate forms um in physics we have a well defined way of handling those and it's very physical but i mean in the sense it it does matter it's not like it's it's completely useless so yeah mm-hmm. i think yeah these two these two would be the most uh, yeah to me the most uh, like awful awful name so awesome <laughs> uh, physics mm-hmm. yeah yeah gyani i know you're oh, we... reading upon physics quite a lot yeah you want to mm-hmm. take a stab on this i think it's the uh, holographic principle oh damn explain okay. like i five mm-hmm. um I think it's something on the lines of uh, there's at the end, edge of the universe there's like the same universe like a hologram of it and then we are here and we are there as well. Yes. Uh, so so yeah, that's also actually that's a very interesting thing. But uh, okay, anyway, so uh, the holographic principle is not a it's it's not a it's not a it's a conjecture generally. It's 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 not it's not been proven yet. 
I mean, mm-hmm. it's been proven in one specific case, but again, that's very technical. Um, so basically what it says is, imagine that your universe is a, a can of Coca-Cola. That's it. Okay. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, what I'm saying is, from any point on the boundary of that can, right? I can control what is going on inside the can. Okay. So now apply this to the universe. So basically at the bound from any point on the boundary of the universe, I can control what's happening inside. So basically, okay. So the, the, uh, the surface of the can is two dimensional. Mm. Correct. But the, inter- if you, if you take the can as a whole, the interior of the can is three dimensional. Yeah. So that's exactly what a hologram is, right? Like mm. it's, it's a two dimensional thing, but you feel that it's three dimensional. So that's what the holographic principle means that you can sort of control things uh, in the bulk as it's called, like in the interior with things on the boundary. And, uh, and this is a very, uh, so, so this has very interesting uh, things. I mean, for example, uh, you know, the, the, so the physics, modern physics has two, uh, you know, um, big breakthroughs. One is gravity, which is given by Einstein, general relativity. And the other is quantum mechanics. And as I mentioned earlier in the podcast, these two do not combine very well. But yeah. you see that in, if, you, if you sort of uh, consider a holographic system where your boundary is quantum mechanical, pure quantum mechanical with no gravity in it, and your, and your interior is, has gravity in it, you can control, you can establish a link between the quantum mechanical theory at the boundary and the gravity theory in the interior. That's not a non-trivial thing. I mean, that, sorry, that's not a trivial thing. Um, mm-hmm. Because we yet, we have not been able to combine both. And in my opinion, this holographic principle is, the, is, is probably the best way we have right now to combine both quantum mechanics and gravity to one single theory. Um, I mean, if I, I, I can, could go on and on about this, but yeah, it's, 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 it's a really can, interesting thing. Yes. If I can also give like a second answer, my second answer would be a uh, spooky action at distance. Oh, okay. okay. What's that? So you take two quantum entangled pairs, basically they could be two different electrons and then you separate them by like a billion, gazillion light years. Mm-hmm. And if you change one, the second one will change as well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So uh, the, the right yeah. word should be measure, but yes, yeah. if you measure one, the other one is also mm-hmm. measured automatically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But the funny thing is you cannot transfer information. So, uh, relativity still holds, but yes. Um, somehow if you, they're separated by billion gazillion light years, they can still affect yeah. each other. Some, mm-hmm. I don't know. I was yeah, reading actually, something. I'd, I'd actually, uh, uh, recommend everybody to read about this. It's quantum entanglement or spooky mm-hmm. and distance. It's a, it's a, it's a really interesting thing. Uh, I don't really, I mean, I don't really uh, read up a lot of lot of physics to be honest. Mm. So, and I also don't understand a lot of uh, what these people just said. So in the audience, <laughs> if you did not understand either, I'm with you. Uh, what I find interesting and what I can at least recollect, I might have known more physics in 11 to 12. Anyway, I think it's probably more like a childlike fascination, but I still find magnet like magnets and magnetism. <laughs> Why is that funny? And, yeah. <laughs> I think it's funny because Gani expects um, 
an answer which is more sophisticated sound no 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 i imagine you playing with magnets that's you holding a very large magnet that is funny that is funny that is funny that is funny Okay. Like a little sooty, unimpressed or that child playing with yeah. magnets or the big. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The कुछ कुछ होता है वाला child playing with magnets. Yeah, that play with magnets mm-hmm. and like the big guys still play. With... Anyway, uh, yeah, uh-huh. so I, I find that I find that I still find that interesting and fascinating. Yeah. Mm. Nice, nice answer. Good answer. Mm. Cool. And what do you find interesting, fascinating? Uh, Shubhankar. Me, I would also go with like the, silly, silly you know, answer. I, I I'd say like rolling friction is less than sliding friction just blows my mind. Like oh, acha. Why? How why why? How something nice, nice. that's possible like simple yeah. stuff. I just saw a paper actually with ex- did a way proper quantum mechanical calculation and uh, came up that rolling friction is less than sliding friction. Wow. That was wow. a really nice paper. Yeah. Oh, mm. uh, Shivangar it's your podcast but can I ask you a question? Mm-hmm. Sure. Obviously. Uh we uh, <laughs> Name three people you would like to see on uh, on the future podcast. Yeah. Yes, that's a really good question. Three people I'd love to see on this podcast. One would be obviously Casey Neistat, uh, because I think he can offer some great perspective into how you should navigate your twenties. I mean, he's gone through gone through some shit in his life, so that for sure. Second person would be like. If I want to get more realistic, <laughs> realistic, a, a a startup founder, uh, who's made it big, uh, maybe somebody from Bitspilani, a startup founder who's made it big. <laughs> yeah. Uh, to just to get his perspective on how he dealt with the insecurities and the ups and downs of life. No specific name there. Uh, the third would be. somebody who's into fitness like uh maybe like an marathoner uh someone like a million soman like an iron man how how does he live his life what was his perspective in his 20s when he went through like why did he choose fitness as a why did he or she choose fitness as a career option so yeah those three genres Yeah. Oh, uh, we same question, but uh, try to give more realistic answers. Like getting Casey next start is very difficult at the moment. Oh, mm. oh, you mean yeah. okay, realistic answers. Uh, you know, so I I think I've mentioned this to you too, but but I, I'll put it anyway. I think Varun Vachaspati would be a good fit for this podcast. Mm. He's so he's uh, a reason being that he is in the same field as you guys, so he knows what you guys talk about, but. he is very different from you three in his world view mm. so yes that be a really interesting conversation um sorry or uh, do you want to answer that question uh three people that i'd want to see on the podcast yeah. can we realistic or unrealistic i give you that i think i'd love to have someone who has a different perspective altogether um like someone from a different field like like we did today and some and maybe maybe people like uh nikita tamani who who are sort Damn, of yeah okay yeah it's really yeah, you know, nice i mean i mean that's just one example but there are there are more people i mean anyone who's um like derek like uh devanshi um 
mm-hmm. oh it might seem that i'm calling out my friends but but these people are doing things that i mean that's not the norm at least for me so i think that 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 can be a nice experience Mm. Yeah, and you know what? I'd 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 like to really call Coffee Karan Johar on this show. I mean, I know yeah. it's hard, but really, I mean, he yeah. I mean, I I'm then, I'm sure he had a bad time in his twenties. And then have rapid fire with him? Is that is uh, that what you want? Obviously, that's that's part of the reason. <laughs> Aditya, we'll let you host that one. Sure. <laughs> okay. Outro. With that, Thank you guys. Yeah, uh, Vijay Kumar, how can how can people reach you? Uh, can you? I- Your Instagram, Aditya Vijay Kumar, Google. I'll, there'll be a list of social. Oh my god! For, oh uh, my god! Or there'll be my uh, my my academic page, ICTS. Okay. Mm-hmm. Oh, if you're in Bangalore, please do ba- drop by to ICTS. We have a lot of programs and mm-hmm. a lot of public events, and we have a beautiful campus. You should come here. I'll sponsor your stay and everything if you guys want to. Uh, but but yeah, uh, generally you you'll also find me email ID on that page for my official email ID. So great, yeah. You can find me there. Thanks, Adhya, coming on the show. Yeah. It's a nice episode. Next episode hosted by Gyani. Thanks, Gyani. Thanks, Odi. Okay. 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 Okay.